So today we are going to look at how we can make the most of our days. And let's be honest, the past 10 weeks, it's been kind of strange. But we're going to talk through this idea of how to make the most of now for later. How to make the most of now for later. So that we don't waste now later. You see, when we put Christ at the center of all of our spiritual, physical, relational, emotional, and career goals, something better happens. And to be honest, remember New Year, New Me, 2020? Many of our rhythms, our habits, our goals have been disrupted, abruptly ended, or changed. The past 10 weeks or so have been tough for each of us in our own ways. And it's okay to say that. For some of us, it's been life-altering with the loss of a loved one or having to be away from close family or friends because of your age or various health concerns. Or maybe you yourself experienced illness. For others, it's been the end of a dream job, uncertainty about your career. For students, the loss of a sports season, prom, summer plans, longing for what used to be. And I get it. It's okay to mourn that those things aren't happening. It's okay to acknowledge sadness and sorrow and lay those burdens before God. You know, as a family, we have two little girls and we were disappointed that both of our daughter's birthdays had to be celebrated without family and friends. We were disappointed when the desires for my business and nonprofit had to pivot, change and adapt. We have prayed fervently for friends who've been sick and were in the ICU. We were bummed out that our vacation we had plans for were canceled. We've missed being able to see grandma and grandpa. But there's this incredible passage in Psalm 90:12, and we're going to spend some time on this today. And it says this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, even though I would never ever wish this season had come or ever be something that we any of us ha ever had to experience, there's something about this season that has provided a new lens to see life through. That was true all along, that each day has significance, that each and every day is a precious gift. This verse that we may gain God's wisdom, his wisdom in all that we set our minds to and our hearts to. And this idea that we don't want to waste now, later. We want to learn and grow from this difficult season. You know, every news outlet, Facebook friend, school teacher, well-intending neighbor, family member, business, nonprofit, everyone has some insight or something to say right now about the government, something about the economy, about who the greatest NBA player of all time is, Michael Jordan, of course. Did you see the last dance? Or an opinion about which grocery delivery service is the best or which golden girl is the funniest about what life will look like this summer or this fall. And we should lean into experts and reliable sources, trustworthy friends and mentors for their input and wisdom in this unique time. But to just be honest, there's so many voices and it can just get a little bit exhausting. It, it can turn into a lot of noise in our lives. And don't get me wrong, I wanna know what we can or can't do safely. I want to know when things might feel normal-ish again. I want to know what school will look like for kids, when it's safe to see elderly family, when it's safe to gather together as a church family, if my vacation that got canceled will be able to happen at all this year, if my kids can go to soccer practice or gymnastics. 
But I'm gonna encourage us, you know, all those voices out there. The first one we need to lean into is God's wisdom. First and foremost, God's voice is the first filter we think and approach life with. And so I'm gonna share a kind of a three-part biblical operating system for us to apply to our lives this week. This passage will frame some of our time together as well. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. You see, the book of Ephesians, it's divided into two parts, and it's written by this guy named the Apostle Paul. And Paul, before he was a Jesus follower, before he was a Christian, he actually held the coats of people who would kill Christians. You thought you had a bad reputation or a past? Look at Paul. It's such a reminder that, that Jesus can provide transformation to anyone. So God is now using Paul to do his work. He becomes a missionary. He goes sent into different cities and communities to encourage them in their faith in Jesus. And so Paul writes this letter to this church called Ephesus. And in the first three chapters, he writes about theology and doctrine. But in chapters four through six, he writes about how to put your faith into practice. He gets really practical. And this section of Ephesians is primarily an, a strong encouragement, strong counsel. It's kind of like a parent or a good grandparent or teacher might do for you. Paul is basically saying, now here is how you live. Here is how you walk and behave as a Christian. So whether you're curious about Jesus, whether you're new to faith in Christ or a longtime Christian, pay attention. Paul says this in Ephesians 5, make the most of every opportunity. The literal definition means to buy up the time or to redeem the time that you're given. Paul highlights the value of time and what we do with it. Can I just keep it real with you? The first few weeks of the stay-at-home order, I kind of settled into a new rhythm and routine. I was working out, lowest weight I had been at in eight years. I was eating good, uh, eating healthy, reading my Bible in a meaningful way. I'm like, you know what? The stay-at-home order is not going to get the best of me. I'm going to do everything I can to grow spiritually, to, to be healthy physically and emotionally. I would work on certain days, innovate some new stuff in my company, build some resources to give away to people. I was feeling good. And then at like week four, five, six, I hit a wall. I was tired. I was tired of the mundane. I was tired of not seeing people. And I kind of just wanted to get by. I kind of let that quiet time in the morning with the Lord slip away. I wanted to give the kids the iPad more often. I wanted to eat junk food. And honestly, I was sick of Zoom calls, phone calls, and text messages. I was over it. And it was during that time I stumbled back into these passages. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Make the most of each day. And it hit me square between the eyes. You know, making the most of each day does not just mean some Pollyanna, feel-good optimism. But it does mean that we can lean in and grow even just a little bit, regardless of how we're feeling and regardless of the crazy circumstances around us. You know, in John chapter 15, Jesus himself talks about spiritual growth and, and how it happens, how it's a daily thing that we can lean into. He says this in John 15, 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. 
For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. What a reminder that this isn't a season for us to carry on our own, that Jesus invites us to remain with him, to lean into him, to be in close proximity to him, is really the only place where we will grow and produce spiritual fruit. It doesn't matter our baggage. It doesn't matter our past. It doesn't matter our background. I mean, even look at the life of Paul and how God radically changed his life. That he had an encounter with Jesus. And now he's being used, instead of killing Christians, he's being used in a powerful way to encourage us even today. See, God is committed to growing you. He wants it more for you than you probably even want it for yourself. He's cheering you on. He is for you. He's not against you. And any spiritual growth that we experience comes from that relationship with Christ. And it's a reminder that he can use the difficult valleys to grow your faith in him. You know, one of my favorite parts of The Last Dance, and partially because I'm a Detroit Pistons fan, but in The Last Dance, you see Michael Jordan losing to the Pistons. And then he hits the weight room. And he hits, like, the next day, he is training, he's putting on muscle, he's working hard. That valley, that valley experience, he utilized that for growth. And then, boom, he took over the NBA and they won three titles in a row. It's a reminder, don't waste now, later. Let this season build your character, shape you, grow you, and lean into Jesus during it. And it's also a reminder that even in the good mountaintop experiences in life, those can be used to grow and fuel your faith as well. You see, God's commitment to growing you spiritually is not bound to the circumstances around us. And as we come back to this passage in Ephesians 5, 15, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. It says, make the most of every opportunity. Literally, buy up or redeem the time. We are to seize the day to best accomplish God's will and bring him glory. Don't waste now, later. Seize the day. So, have you let time go by? Like I mentioned, it felt like a couple of weeks kind of got away from me during this stay-at-home order. Or are you buying up the time, redeeming the time? This passage is a reminder that your growth today, whether small steps, habits, little things, will inform your character tomorrow. Don't waste now, later. But Brandon, that sounds great, but it's just, it's a difficult season. It's hard. I get it. So I posted on Facebook last week and had this overwhelming response. And I want to share some of those with you. And I asked this question, what is something positive that is new in your life or daily routine in these past two months. And I loved what some of the people put, and I hope it can help you kind of think through maybe some new things that you could be doing to lean in to that spiritual growth, to lean in to health, and to, to redeem this season. And the, and the people said this, I get to sleep in. Oh, that's awesome. Try new recipes. Eat at the dinner table more as a family. More time with kids. Lunch and walks with family and friends every day, socially distanced. Reduced commute time means more couch time. More time outside, someone started running. People stand for the worship music uh, when their church service is going on, streamed into their house, they like stand up in the living room. I haven't been doing that, to be quite honest with you. Um, working out in the morning, first thing. 
celebrating simple things with a loved one like cooking and gardening, intentionality to be more thankful and keep a journal of that, daily time and scripture and prayer, reaching out to one friend or family member each and every day, cleaning the house and purging, getting rid of old stuff, home improvements, family game night every night. I love this. There's a group of people who are sewing masks and surgical caps, and they, and they said this, a renewed faith in humanity and our communities around us as I've seen people come together and donate fabric, money, other supplies, and most so their more so their time to make masks and surgical caps for people they don't even know. Long walks daily, the joys of watching kids learn, bike rides, and saying hi to everyone in the neighborhood. Maybe these will serve some as some new ideas. Maybe you're feeling kind of like you're in the fog or you're just kind of in the mundane. I know I did for a few weeks. Maybe we can't see past the horizon of our circumstances. Maybe we even have regrets on how we didn't set or meet certain goals we had the past few weeks. But we can take heart and look at the week ahead of us one day at a time. Don't waste now, later. Psalm 90:12 teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You see, these passages in Ephesians 5 and in Psalm 90 are designed to give us perspective of how each moment and how each day matters. A couple of words are used in the New Testament Greek for the word time. You know, one is this word uh, chronos, right? It means chronology, calendar date, minutes, seconds going away. Chronol it's where we get that word chronology, chronos. So a calendar date, minutes, and seconds. But then there's kairos time, which is more about the season. It's more about the opportune time. I'll say it another way. Kairos measures moments or seasons, not seconds. It refers to the right moment, the opportune moment, a right kind of season. And so here are three principles I want us to lean into today as we hit, head into this week. Number one is discern the season that you're in. Discern the season that you're in. Each of our circumstances, our employment, our health situation, family dynamics, challenges are different for each and every one of us. Discerning the season, the Kairos season, taking time to reflect what's going on in your life, taking time to pause. If you're anything like me, sometimes you're just flying a million miles a minute and you don't take time to process or to pray or reflect on what's been happening in this past season. And as you do that, you might see that some of you have been actually growing spiritually during this time. You've been doing things to encourage and serve others. You've been connecting with God in a meaningful way, even in this tough time. Even though maybe you've been laid off from your job, you're experiencing spiritual growth. Or maybe you're having a season of success in your business, but your relationships are falling apart. Maybe you've been so obsessed with work that you've isolated yourself from others and you've refused to maybe call that person, text that person. Others of you feel like it is a season of isolation. Others of you feel like it is a season maybe of unexpected blessings. But I want to remind you of this. The season that you wish away is often the season that you get the most from. And I wish the reality and the impact of COVID-19 was long gone, but it's not. So how do we lean in to what God is redeeming in us during this strange time in life? Maybe you just changed jobs or you're waiting for an answer about a job or 
college or grad school. You're waiting to hear back from the interview. You just got out of a relationship. Maybe you just got married or maybe you lost someone you love. You know, I had a season of my life in my early 20s. I'd broken up with this girl I had dated for three years. I had some of my best friends, I mean, best friends, betray me, lie to me, and I lost their friendship. I learned that the guy who had mentored me for years um, was in some serious legal trouble. And I was wrecked. For like six months, I just felt like this was a season that wouldn't pass. I felt like I was kind of in this fog. And I really didn't see it much at the time. But God used that season in my life to grow me. He brought people in my life during that challenging season to grow me and to prepare me for other tough moments in my life. The season we wish away is often the season we get the most from. My circumstances during that time, they were changing. Relationships were changing. Friendships fading. But my God was still the same. God took these broken parts of my life and he still found a way to bring good out of it. The season you wish away is often the season you get the most from. Don't waste now, later. We can lean into the goodness of God, learn and grow from this incredibly difficult time in our lives. Like in Ephesians 5, how can you make the most of the days and the season that you're in? Discern the season God has you in. Acknowledge and embrace that season God has you in and lean into him through it. For those in between schools or jobs or opportunities, I want you to ask this. How can I be wide-eyed and kingdom-minded? Wide-eyed, looking up toward him. Not just hanging our head with the woe-is-me attitude, but looking and seeing the opportunities God is putting in front of us. Watching him move in our lives. And I'm not suggesting we get by with just some fake motivation or faked optimism. You know, Joel kind of talked about what does defiant joy look like the last five weeks. If you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to them. But it's a reminder that Jesus cares about time and how it's spent. You see, whether you're in a season of transition, challenges, trials, or a season that's just awesome, know this, God is God. And if there's anything I know to be true of God, it's that he's true to his word. He's true to his promises. You know, when I was 19 years old, I, I went backpacking in Yosemite in California with a few friends. It was a total dude's trip. We were roughing it. We didn't shower for 10 days. We ate like MREs and granola bars the whole week, purified our water, the whole deal. Well, then about a decade later, I went back to Yosemite um, in a totally different season of my life. I went with my wife. You know, we went to San Francisco and Napa Valley and Lake Tahoe and Yosemite. It was an awesome season of fun and adventure for us as a couple before we had kids. We saw the full house house. We went and rode bikes across the, the legendary Golden Gate Bridge, which was so cool. And it was you just kind of marvel as you're going across this crazy bridge. And so I started Googling, you know, how did they build this bridge? How long did it take? All these kinds of things. And it was a reminder that the Golden Gate Bridge wasn't airlifted into place overnight. It was built in a process over time. And the same is true, even more so of God, that God can do something in a moment. He can change the situation in a moment, but often he chooses to use a process over time to grow us. Even the 3,000-year-old sequoia trees, which are found in Yosemite and in California, they were once just this tiny little seed. You see, God plays the long game. He didn't send his son Jesus right away. He waited to just the right time before he sent his son to earth as a baby. 
not as a full-grown man, as a baby. He could have saved us in a second, but instead he waited and he sent a child, a baby, Jesus. Then he lived and walked the earth for 33 years before he went to the cross, took on the sin and shame of the world, and gives us a choice in the matter if we want to know and follow him. He rose victorious and conquered sin and death forevermore. But first, he came as a baby. And it's a reminder that God is with us in the waiting, that God is with us in the process, that God is with you on the journey, and that God is still with you in the season that you even want to wish away. As we think of this sequoia tree, you see sequoias grow naturally only on the western slope of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. They grow up uh, two feet per year, only two feet per year, until they reach two or 300 feet high. The average base of a sequoia is as much as 40 feet in diameter, and few even reach 100 feet in diameter. But the sequoia seed needs the harshness of winter to become everything it will one day become. It needs to be shaken. It needs to be tossed around to grow exponentially into a beautiful two or 300 foot tree. You might feel like a small sequoia seed in the harshness of winter. But God may be using that to grow you like he does the giant sequoia. Our God is faithful and he can redeem even this difficult, strange time to grow you. So how are you going to lean into that growth this week? So we want you to discern the season, pause, take a break, pray, reflect, journal. And then the second thing I want you to do is surrender the season. Surrender the season. This means giving this season to God, living out Ephesians 5 and making the most of this unique season today, not in five months, but surrendering it today. So how can you surrender the season to him? Surrendering the season of the unknown, of what, the, of what school will look like, of what the economy will look like. Surrendering the season of heartache and heartbreak. Surrendering the season even of success. What is it like to have success and use that to point people back to the goodness of Jesus? or for some of us, to surrender the season of waiting. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does God want you to do in this season? Surrender it to him. Understand not what you just want to do or what this person wants you to do, but what does the Lord want you to do? What is he inviting you to lean into him for and with? Don't waste now, later. You see, you won't regret surrendering your pains you won't regret surrendering your hurts. You won't regret surrendering your disappointments to Jesus. So we've hit on discern the season, surrender the season. And the third is this, seize his promises. Seize his promises. He will be with you in all seasons. So what can I do to seize the promises of God in a tough or an awesome season? How can I remain in him in this week ahead? You see, you will grow by seizing his truth and promises each day. And I want to encourage you, read scripture. Read his truth. There's a lot of other noise going around, but get into his word. Think on his truth each day. Even one simple verse. There's a Bible app you can get um, for free on your phone. Maybe you crack open your Bible, you find where it is. Look at a chapter or a verse a day. Just be reminded of who he says he is. The second thing is to lean into a friend. Ask a trusted friend who you think loves Jesus and is doing their best to follow Jesus to be real with you, to maybe send you some encouragement. Invite them to remind you of God's goodness, someone who can build you up during the strange time. 
for some of you, you're really natural at this and good at this and you like to stay connected with people. But for others of us, we need to maybe set a calendar appointment in our phone to reach out to this person, to encourage this person. Maybe it's a over coffee safely or uh, coffee over FaceTime or Zoom with a friend to build this into your life. So we seize his promises by reading scripture. We lean into a friend or new community. And I want us to venture into this one last idea from 1 Samuel 7. 1 Samuel 7, verse 12. It says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. You see, Samuel set up this Ebenezer stone, this memorial to remind the Israelites of God's faithfulness and how God helped them in the past. If ever the people's hard hearts should forget God's faithfulness, this stone would either revive the remembrance of it and hopefully produce gratitude. Ebenezer literally means a stone of help. Well, God is our stone of help. And it's a reminder that God is real. It's that God is faithful, that his promises are true, that we can bank on them. And so as you head into this week, I want you to write, even just on a quick little note card or something in your phone, write your Ebenezer story. Look back on your life and see where God was growing you even these past few months. Write that down this week as a reminder that God is always working upstream in our lives, even when we don't see it. You might need to bring this out sometime later in 2020 as a reminder of God's faithfulness in your life. So when you're in a season of waiting, a season of hardship, or even a season of success, you can recall the faithfulness and goodness of God and your roots in him. God is always seeking to grow you. Don't waste now, later. So how will you lean into that growth this week? Discern the season, push, pause, reflect, journal, pray. Surrender the season. Give him your hurts. Give him your unknowns. Give him your cares. And for some of you, surrendering the season means maybe for the first time you surrender your life to him, that you invite him into your life to bring that hope and change and transformation, the forgiveness that only Jesus can bring. And the third thing is to seize his promises, to remember his faithfulness, to remember that in the ups and downs that he is always there, that we have hope in him, that we have the hope of eternity in Christ. So discern the season, surrender the season, seize his promises.